0: You're listening to episode 59 of the Thriving Mom Podcast. Today, we're talking all about meal structure for kids over the holiday. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non diet nutrition counselor, on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom. Through intuitive eating, self care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, thriving moms. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you? I'm feeling really excited. I've had like a long semester or what feels like a long semester of school and I'm just so happy to be done soon here. And I think maybe I talked about this in last week's episode. So I'm really excited, but I actually, I'm excited for this topic because I know a lot of moms have questions. It's the holiday season and so many kids will be home. There'll be so much going on families will probably get together, you might have parties. And sometimes the children just are children and moms worry about that. And I just thought, you know what, let's offer you some support. So yeah, here we are. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to talk about why the holiday season feels really stressful, especially around meals for parents. The biggest thing we have to recognize is that our schedules are not going to be the same. For most of us, we go from a regimented routine. So you have the thing you do in the morning when you wake up, what you do to get out of your house. You still have some things you do to prepare to get through the day from the time you wake up to when you go to bed. Now, over the holiday, a lot of us tend to relax around those things. And for us as adults, we know how to handle that change. Some children, depending on their age not so much. And one of the areas where you'll find that children struggle is when it comes to meals because that's one of the areas where they sometimes feel like it's stable, they're in control. So when everything else is becoming chaotic, that might cause them to feel a little bit uncomfortable and anxious. And then of course they start thinking, well, what's going to happen to the food? Because that's the one area where some of them might feel comfortable being in control. So if you're a parent or a caregiver, I want you to know that this is expected. It is completely normal. But there are things that you can do to make sure that you're still able to take care of yourself and maintain some form of peace and calm over the holiday. Okay, when we talk about structure, based on my conversation with a lot of moms and even some podcast guests that I've talked to, a lot of us have this idea of really... Hard metal steel kind of structures. So, when I was thinking about this podcast episode, I was thinking about different kinds of walls. And I'm from Nigeria, where we build houses with concrete. For a lot of us, we're used to walls that are not movable, they're built in place, and that's just the way it is. It takes a lot to break them down. Now, when I moved to Canada, I noticed that some houses have drywall. So, When I watch the home renovation shows, it's just a matter of taking a sledgehammer to the wall and you break it down. The walls can get moved. That's a different kind of wall. But then we also have things like room partitions, right? Where you have things like one of those, I want to call them dividers. But I'm hoping you know what I'm saying. Sometimes you can pull them out. Sometimes you can roll them to kind of shift how you organize the room the best example i can give for this is if you work in an office where it's an open space people have those room dividers so that's a different kind of wall structure now we talk about the brick wall we talk about the drywall and then we have the movable partitions yeah movable partitions that's what we'll call them these are all different kinds of structure what makes them unique in their own way is the way they're built and the way they can be taken down So I really want you to, as we go through this episode with all the things I'm going to share here, think about what structures you have in place. Do you have brick walls? Do you have drywall? Do you have wall partitioning? And how are you willing to be flexible between each of these structures in your home? I hope that makes sense. That's the only example I could think of that I think most people can relate to. So I hope you do. So now let's get into the steps of what you can do to maintain a mealtime structure and be flexible for your kids over the holiday the first thing is just deciding what matters for your family this goes back to what you value what is important for you over the holiday do you want connection do you want togetherness when you want connection and togetherness it means sometimes you just gotta let some things drop so you have to decide what matters to me in this season and that would be based on your values so for some people They value the family gatherings. They value people getting along. So that's where they invest their energy. Some people just value their own time. They want their kids to go do whatever and it's up to them. Pick and decide what matters for your family. Then the second thing, which I think is so important, is how do you want to feel through the holiday and when you think about meal times? Do you want to feel calm about meals or do you want to feel anxious Because those two feelings are led by different thoughts. A thought that might give you anxiety is something like, oh, I have to feed the kids again. I don't know what we're going to eat. And this is so hard, I can't decide. When you start thinking thoughts like that, your brain goes into panic and anxiety mode because it's like, okay, what needs to be addressed? We need to fix something. Something is wrong. But if you're trying to maintain a sense of calm, that's the feeling you want. You can just think, I've got this. We can just make do with what we have, right? Those are totally different thoughts. So you have to decide how do you want to feel through the holiday. I don't think any parent wants to feel anxious or stressed out about meal times, But you get to decide that by choosing how you feel or how you want to feel. And then think about the thoughts that will give you that feeling and focus on those. When you're clear about the feeling that you want to have and the thought that's driving that feeling, It'll be easy for you to know the how. So many of us want to know the how. And I think this is something that frustrates quite a few of my clients because they want me to tell them, tell me the structure. Do I do three meals a day? Do I do two meals a day? And I'm not that kind of coach. I don't tell you what to do because I don't live in your house. And what I tell you now, depending on what you tell me, might change in a few weeks because your life situation is always going to change just like mine does. So this is why I always focus on what matters to you as a family and what you want. I give you the tools and you decide what works best for your family. And that's not to say that I don't give the support. I 100% do. But my goal is to empower us as moms to be able to feel comfortable wanting something and going for it without somebody telling us what to do. Because when you're able to own your decisions 100%, then you take responsibility for the results. You create evidence that you can do this, and that's what fills your ability to thrive as a mom. So decide how you wanna feel, and then think about the thought that's gonna drive that feeling, and let that guide your how. The third thing is to name your non negotiables. Now you've decided what matters. You've decided how you want to feel. What is a non-negotiable for you? So if we go back to the wall analogy, there are houses that I've seen in North America that are made with concrete. And within those houses, some of the walls are still made of drywall. So this is where I want you to think about, like, what is your brick wall that is non-negotiable? It can be with a meal. It can be just with the family structure. For me, I don't have any non-negotiable when it comes to food over the holiday because we're just kind of free and we just do whatever comes. But I have a non-negotiable around sleep time. Why? Because when I don't sleep well, I'm the cranky one. That's me. And I also have a daughter who, if she doesn't sleep well, it messes up her sleep cycle. And then when school time comes, it's challenging to adjust. So I don't negotiate on sleep times. Yes, they do sleep a little later over the holiday week, like the December 24th to Boxing Day. We do sleep a little bit later, but once we get into the 30th, 31st, I try to get everyone back on the schedule so we don't move too far away from our regular sleep time. You decide what is a non-negotiable for you. If your typical meal schedule is three times a day of regular meals, with some snacks in between, you might find that you want to shift. So you get to decide what's the one meal that you're going to have that's consistent, right? I always encourage parents, even though there might be some flexibility around the meals, you still want to have some measure of predictability for the kids. Again, if we go back to what I said at the beginning, food feels like the one place where children Tend to have a sense of control, and you still want that to be normal for them. You still want them to be able to predict. And this brings me into my next point, which is all about maximizing your meal times. You want to make it count. Yes, food might be very chaotic, meal times may not be as structured as usual, but you still know that those children need to be fed. <laughs> Their little bellies are always hungry. So make sure that. Depending on when you eat, you make the food count. And what do I mean by that? So I'll give you an example for us. So typically on the weekdays, most days my kids don't eat breakfast. They tend to eat um, a heavy dinner. So in the morning, they're not that hungry. So during the weekdays, we tend to have a lot more to eat at lunch and at dinner. Because most mornings, they're not in the mood to eat. And there are mornings during the weekdays when they have a full breakfast, like if we have something like hash browns with eggs, then they're not that hungry at lunch and they would have a lighter lunch and then just eat whatever they want for dinner. So this is based on our own family way, but I wanted to give you that idea because sometimes parents just think, well, everything always has to be the same. They always have to eat the same amount of food, but that's not true. Depending on what the child does throughout the day, depending on just how they're feeling, depending on what's happening, children's appetites and, you know, the ability to eat will change throughout the day and it's up to you to just be flexible and go with the flow. I know this might sound challenging and that's okay, but that's why you're listening to this podcast because you're going to know what to do. You're going to know how to approach things differently so that your life can be just a little bit simpler. So I want you to decide your main event. And when I say main event, it's just what's the meal that's gonna keep them longer. So for instance, if they tend to have cereal on the days when they choose to eat, I know that within half an hour, they're gonna be hungry again. So I make sure that the lunch is able to give them more staying power. Because if they had cereal for breakfast, sandwich for lunch, chances are they're probably going to want to eat more often or they'll want dinner earlier. So this is typically based on your own children. For some kids, a sandwich is good enough. My children, not so much. And that's why I cannot tell you do it this way, but I can give you an example of how this works in our home. So over the holiday, most times the kids might wake up a little bit later in the day. And I don't have the energy to cook three times, so we'll typically do a brunch Where we have like a big meal and then we'll have like a light snack in between and dinner. That has worked for us for many years. I've tried it different ways. There were times when I would do three meals but then they wouldn't be hungry for dinner or they wouldn't be hungry early enough and then they'd want to eat like at 11 when I'm trying to sleep and that just didn't work for me. So figure out what kind of schedule works for your family And then maximize those meal times. Even if it's just one meal that the child is really focused, try to get in as much of that energy-giving food to them as possible. And if your child is one that likes mini meals over the day, that's fine too. Figure out what you can give them so that they have a little bit more staying power. Especially if you're going to be going out. You don't want to go out and then the kids are hungry and cranky. As a sub point... To that, I talked about predictability and one thing that a child really looks forward to, at least this is in my opinion, over the holiday is freedom to have all the candy and all the Christmas cookies that they want. Now, for some parents, this might feel really challenging because maybe you haven't been doing this throughout the year so then when the holiday season comes, your child may feel That sense of preoccupation. They might have that intense wanting to have those foods because they know they're not going to get it through the rest of the year. If you're worried about this, I highly recommend that you use the season to practice and then make a plan to normalize these foods throughout the year because that decreases their sense of obsession with this food. The obsession is not because of the food. It's because of the thought that they're deprived of that food through the rest of the year. I really want this to be clear because a lot of parents are misguided and think that children are obsessed with candies and cookies because of the food. It's not because of the food. An example I'm going to give for this is something like ice cream or candy. So if, you know, grandparents are coming or friends and people are just bringing a lot of things that you're not used to or the children don't eat regularly, set a time when you're going to have those things regularly over the holiday. So for example, candy. If you're not comfortable letting them have candy throughout the day, you can set maybe, oh, let's have candy with a meal or we can have candy time. And then when candy time comes, we put it out. Everyone takes what they'd like to eat. And when candy time is over, we put the candy away. The reason why we're doing this is because we want to keep that structure in place. And especially for parents who are really concerned, make sure that if you say we're going to have candy time at noon, please have candy time at noon. We're not going to make excuses. Even if we're going out, we take candy with us. Because if it's going to be noon in the car, let's have our candy time. What this does is it'll teach your child to know that Even though I can't have candy at 8 a.m. or at 4 p.m., I know when noon comes, it's going to be candy time and I get to have candy. When you do this over and over again, for some kids, it might take a few days. Other kids, it might take weeks. You'll find that their need for that food will start to decrease. And this is because of habituation. Habituation is something I teach my clients in Thrive. And also, I teach the parents about feeding kids. Habituation is that innate response to a stimulus that decreases with prolonged or repeated exposure. So, the fear that a lot of us have around candies and, sa- and cookies and things like that over the Christmas holiday, or even just like any time, is because we feel if we let our kids eat it, then they're not gonna wanna stop. That's not true temporarily that's what might happen but that happens even with adults who have been restricted of certain kinds of foods so yes a few times a few weeks those first couple of opportunities your children have to eat those foods they might feel like they're obsessed with it they're not what's going to happen is that that pendulum swing is going to go extreme. Wanting it so much, extreme wanting it so much. And the more the pendulum swings, the slower it gets, the gentler it gets. And over time, they'll just be over it. I've had clients who worried about gummy worms and their kids asking for gummy worms for breakfast. And within two weeks, the child was like, I'm done. Now she doesn't even care for gummy worms because there's no longer that feeling of restriction. She knows she can have gummy worms whenever she wants. So now there's no need to fixate on it. I really hope that you can get this. Even if you don't take anything else from this podcast, I hope that you can take this because it's going to make your life so much easier. Okay, let's go to the next point. So now we decided on what matters. We decided the feeling that we want to have. We've named our non-negotiables. We've maximized our meal times and created that source of predictability. The last thing I want to touch on is just being present. I know a lot of you hear this and you're like, yeah, but I'm present. I sit with them, but are you really? And how you'll know this is when you're sitting at the dinner table and you're anxious. You want to leave the table. You're asking the kids to hurry up and finish the food. Every time they start to do something else, you get upset, you get irritated. When you find yourself doing this, I want you to think about the thought that's driving your behavior. Most of the time, it might be, well, I have other things I want to do. Or you're busy thinking about something else that doesn't matter in that moment. So this is me calling us all moms to be present. Focus on thinking, I'm here in this moment, sitting with my children, having this meal, and being present. There's so many things we miss because we're not paying attention. I've shared this story before when my daughter was, I can't remember how old she was, but I wasn't paying attention and I fed her the food and it was too hot. And she stopped eating from (laughs) taking food from me for a bit until I was able to notice That she wouldn't take the food because she thought that it was hot. So every time I I gave her food or I fed her with a spoon, she would close her mouth, turn her face. Not because she didn't want to eat. It was because she was worried that it was going to be hot and it was going to burn her mouth. She was probably maybe like one or two. But I know she wasn't very vocal. All she could do was point. And then when I talked, I was like, oh, this is hot. And she nodded. And that's how I learned. I burned her tongue because I was not paying attention. I was too anxious and worried about trying to get them ready for bed and going and eating my cookies and brownies because or my brownies and ice cream because I was so tired and stressed out from solo parenting. So please make sure that you're paying attention and being present. You're going to learn so much from the children. This is when you get to understand what's happening. You might find that they're a little bit withdrawn at the end of the day that's your opportunity to ask them what's going on. Again, let's remember that the holiday season can be really busy for a lot of us and it's easy to get caught up in doing all the things for the kids and we fail to focus on how the kids are actually experiencing the season. Okay, before I go, I'm just going to say that everything I've said here depends I always have that caveat because we're all different families. We all have different family dynamics. We all have different experiences. We all have different privileges. So really listen, take what works for you, leave what doesn't. But at the end of the day, I want you to remember that you're doing a great job. Never forget that. All right, my friends, I hope this has been helpful. You can get to decide how you want the meal structure to work for you and your family over the holiday. And if anything I've said here resonates with you today, I'd love to invite you to sign up for my three-week program called Mealtimes Simplified Book Camp. It has all the things about what you can do to support your child and raise a healthy, competent eater. In less than a month, I help you raise your awareness about what the issues may be around mealtimes in your home. I give you the tools and the support that you need to be able to address those issues And you're going to feel so much calmer and less stressed when you're thinking about food, when you're thinking about mealtimes with your kids. I promise. You can sign up at https colon forward slash forward slash oliveandbliss.ca forward slash E-A-T. The link will be in the show notes. All right, my friends. I hope you have an awesome week ahead. And as always... Keep thriving.